Hey, if you're listening to this on a podcast, this is special to you. Hey, this is Tom Gresham. We really appreciate you listening. Spread the word about the podcast for Gun Talk. But I need to ask you a favor. If you would, go to my website, guntalk.com. That's guntalk.com. And up at the top, there's a little box that says sign up. If you would... Click on that and sign up for my newsletter. We are going to start working to stamp out these gun-free zones, these killing zones that I call them. They're, they're basically killing fields. If you'll sign up for the free Gun Talk newsletter, you'll start getting the information. Guarantee you, you're going to enjoy it. We do a lot of fun stuff here. But more importantly, we're going to do some good things. So go to GunTalk.com, sign up for the newsletter. I really appreciate it. And stand by. Here comes your Gun Talk podcast. When you have questions about guns, the shooting sports, or your rights, where do you turn? Do what the pros do. When they have questions, they go to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Tom hosts several programs on the Outdoor Channel, is a noted book author and magazine editor, and he hosts the first and only national talk radio show pertaining to these issues. You can participate by calling 1-800-TALK-GUNS and join us in the chat room at guntalk.com. Now prepare yourself for a no-nonsense, straightforward approach to firearms and related topics. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Life, life is good with Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Ah, hello, welcome again. Yes, indeed, Tom Gresham here. The show is Gun Talk, and we are primed. We are locked and loaded. We are ready to go. This is no flash in the pan. We're having some fun around it. Yeah, of course, I'm using uh, firearms idioms, firearms uh, phrases that we use in our language. Flash in the pan, lock, stock, and barrel. Keep your powder dry, lock and load. Lots of stuff. People don't even know sometimes when they're using phrases that have to do with firearms or shooting sports or our heritage of using firearms to gain our freedom. Just all part of the fun. Tell you what, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be having some fun. If you want to join us, just give us a call, 866-TALK-GUNS. Last week, yes, indeed, it was a recorded show. I was I was out in uh, Oregon. I was at Thunder Ranch shooting some video with Clint Smith. Of course, Clint being the eminently quotable Clint Smith out at Thunder Ranch. We had a, a good time out there working with Clint and Heidi, his wife, who is a, uh, a top instructor in her own right. We did revolver drills. We did one-handed shooting and reloading. And we did a a thing that I thought was really a lot of fun. This is all, of course, for the personal defense TV show. One of the things we did that was so much fun was Clint said, well, why don't we do something? You know, not everybody has a $3,000 AR-15 tricked out and good to go and all that. Yeah, you're right. He says, well, Let's talk about self-defense with what you have, using what you have. And so we had Clint Smith, top trainer, quotable. He's, he's like one of the top dogs when it comes to high-end, you know, uh, high-speed, low-drag type of things, using a single-shot shotgun, single-barrel single-shot shotgun in self-defense situations, using a, a regular old double-barrel shotgun, showing you how to use that, uh, a hunting rifle, a, a pump-action shotgun, an old uh, Winchester Model 97 in 1897. It was, um, it was a lot of fun, actually. And his point was this, and I think it's the probably the point that it's worth pounding home. It's not the gun. 
It's the person handling the gun. It's the person. It's it's the mindset. And one of the things that Clint said repeatedly, which I thought was really interesting, he, he talks about having a a warrior's mindset. And he says you get people in there who are actually are not too bad with their guns, but they don't. They don't get it. They don't understand what it's all about. They don't understand what self-protection is about. They don't get that there are some really bad people. To them, it's, a, it's kind of an exercise to them. And he says, you know, he says, you give me somebody who's got that warrior's mindset who says, you know, I, I understand what it is to fight. I understand that sometimes you might need to, and he could do something with that. It was interesting. I watched a class of people taking the revolver class, uh, about, I don't know, 15 people maybe. And a lot of gray hair there. And some are doing it just because it's interesting to do it with the revolver. But some are doing it because they actually want to carry a revolver. Either one's okay, perfectly valid, not a problem. But you could just kind of tell. There were those who were serious about it. And I liken it to when I'm doing my training for flying and you're doing some simulator work. You can treat it as a game. This is a simulator. Or you can say, uh... This is the real deal. I've got to really bear down. I've got to do this. I'm actually flying an airplane and, and use it that way. So uh, that's basically the difference. Some people take it real seriously. Some people don't, and they just go out and shoot. It was interesting. i tell you what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sharing some of that information with you today. We're going to be taking your calls. We may have a guest show up here in just a few minutes. We're going to be basically having fun. We're going to be open lines and having some fun. So give us a holler, 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. We'll be right back with more Gun Talk. When it comes to protecting yourself and the lives of your family, good enough simply isn't. When it's do or die, you need the best equipment possible. Trigicon is simply the best. Once you've made the decision to take care of yourself and your loved ones, it's time to get the best sighting system available. Trigicon's self-luminous aiming systems have been field-proven by the best protectors in the world. I'm talking about the U.S. Marines, Army, SWAT, and the Special Ops guys. People who know and demand the best go with Trigicon. They're tough, accurate, and they work in any light. The threat has changed. Gangs, home invasions, and multiple assailant attacks make the news every day. If you're serious about protecting your family, invest in safety. Invest in a Trigicon. Check out the different models at Trigicon.com or call 1-800-338-0563. Brilliant aiming solutions from Trigicon. Taurus Millennium Pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw 45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces, the polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact 45. And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com. Hey, want to get that huge Brownells catalog for free? Now you can get this source for parts, cleaning products, gunsmith supplies, and tools for just a phone call. Brownells is famous for selection, service, and satisfaction. Tell them you heard about it on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, and they'll send it to you for free. Call 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. The Brownells catalog for free. 
you are looking for a competition revolver or pistol, the perfect carry gun for personal defense, or the right revolver for serious handgun hunting, the Smith & Wesson Performance Center will meet your needs. Whether your choice is pistol or revolver, Smith & Wesson Performance Center handguns are designed and built to meet the highest expectations those of the demanding shooter. Current Smith & Wesson revolver and pistol owners can enhance the performance of their handgun with gunsmithing services from the Performance Center. For more information, call 1-800-331-0852 or visit the website at smith-wesson.com. Hunters need bullets they can depend on. Accurate bullets that hit hard, create massive hydraulic shock, penetrate tough muscle and heavy bone. Bullets that kill quickly, dropping animals in their tracks. The triple shock is 100% copper. Multiple grooves in the bullet shank reduce pressures and create deadly accuracy. The Barnes triple shock consistently outshoots the competition. That's the bottom line. Available to hand loaders or can be purchased in Federal, Corbon, Black Hills, and Weatherby factory ammunition. All right, welcome back to Gun Talk, 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Let's go talk to Jeffrey on line three, somewhere out of Arkansas. Hey, Jeffrey. Tom, this is, uh, this is Jeff uh, calling from Van Buren, Arkansas. Yes, sir. Uh, I inherited a, uh, a Springfield Armory rifle from my grandfather, whom I, I never knew. I, um, he passed away when I was an infant. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a member of the uh, Canadian militia or auxiliary police. I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's three things that I would like you to uh, uh, enlighten me about this rifle. Uh, one of them is a, a brief history. And secondly, um, it is tapped for a scope. Um, but I'm not quite sure whether that would be advisable or, or as to what kind of scope I would, I would put on this rifle. What is it? It's a Springfield Armory rifle. That doesn't narrow it down a lot. Yeah, 1922 MK2. Oh, a twenty two trainer rifle. Yes, yes. I believe oh, they used oh. to use those at the uh, Boy Scout camps. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, the, a lot of those went out through the Department of Civilian Marksmanship. Yes. And, you know, so, yeah, there are quite a number of those out there. Ah, okay. That's cool. Yes, uh, Tom. It's in pristine condition. And uh, as I said before, it is tapped for a right. uh, amount. And uh, I was wondering if uh, if that would be advisable, and uh, as to what kind of uh, a scope I would put on that, and also uh, if you could uh, steer me to a, um, a an additional, or I should say, an extra magazine, uh, I've been unable to find one. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give you a website yes. to start with. Okay, Brownells. It's kind of the go go everywhere you know, for almost anything. You go to Brownells for everything. It's B-R-O-W-N-E-L-L-S, Brownells.com. Yes. The folks at Brownells, uh, they may have a magazine. If they don't, their people will have a pretty good idea of where to find one. They also can talk to you about sites. Call, I tell you what you do, call them on tomorrow when they're open. Ask to talk to one of their techs. They've got some of the smartest guys in the gunsmithing business there. And just say, look, what site... You know, and frankly, I might be tempted to put a, uh, an aperture or peep sight on it rather than a scope, just for fun. You might try that. Certainly, you can. You know, you can always put a scope on it. If it's already uh, drilled and tapped, it's not going to do anything. I guess the question I need to ask you is: Are you wanting to shoot this, or do you want to keep it as a collector? Uh, well, uh, I would. Uh, quite frankly, it, it would be the latter. You, so you just want to keep it as a collector? Yes. I probably wouldn't do anything to it then. Uh, I don't think I would mount a scope on it. 
if it's in really wonderful shape. Now, when it comes to collecting, I don't know anything. I do not collect guns. I shoot them. So when it comes to establishing values or what to do with it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. But here's the deal. If you want to get an extra magazine, call the guys at Brownells, talk to them about it, and kind of get their take. They will have somebody in the pit there who is sharp on those rifles and will be able to help you out. Right. All right. Thanks, Jeffrey. I appreciate the call. Let me do this. Uh, we're going to bring in our guest, uh, Tim Jansen from Barnes Bullets. Hey, Tim, you made it in okay. Yes, I'm here. Thanks, Tom. Good. Listen, I appreciate you uh, joining us. I understand you guys have been busy over at the uh, the bullet-making factory there. Yes, indeed. I mean, the new bullet for us this spring has been the varmint grenade, and that's kept us hopping here. You bet. That's the one that Connie and Jessica were telling me about, and it said you had, like, uh, super high-speed video of I – mean, let me back up. The varmint grenade is a varmint bullet. The whole idea behind it is to get rapid expansion so it just goes to pieces – and you darn near achieved instant expansion because it expands when you shoot a grape? Yeah, what, uh, I mean, externally the bullet looks uh, very similar to any other varmint bullet. It's a traditional jacketed hollow point bullet. I mean, the big difference is on the inside, instead of a lead core, it's a powdered metal core just made of copper and tin powder pressed in there. Okay. So when we started developing this bullet, we did a little bit of high-speed video work, and we actually... Uh, Bended some grapes and cherries just from a you know, piece of fishing line and shot them with these bullets. We've got some really neat images of that on our website. Let me ask you. Um, now, I know that there are bullets being made that are frangible that are just, I guess, totally made of dust, if you will. Now, does this bullet have a jacket or is it kind of the, the molded dust? It does have a jacket. It uh, it has that conventional design, and that gives it the integrity during the loading and firing process. Mm. On impact, you know, as soon as, as soon as fluid enters that cavity, it just tears that jacket apart, and the core just turns to dust. That would, I would imagine, make it almost impossible to get ricochets with this bullet. Yeah, I've uh, we've had limited field testing with it so far, but uh, you know I've been out shooting rabbits and coyotes and prairie dogs with it, and I've yet to experience a ricochet. I mean, I think as soon as it hits the ground, that thing just goes to dust. Yeah, that's certainly one of the advantages of it. You bet. You know, because I mean, when people people who don't know, you're out shooting, uh, you know, varmints, if you will, prairie dogs, uh, coyotes, etc. You're out in the the wild west, or you know, the wide open spaces. It's it's a safe environment, but at the same time, you don't want to be bouncing bullets all over the countryside. And that's one of the real benefits of using a bullet like this that just goes to pieces. Once it hits the ground, it's gone. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, even if there aren't houses around, there's often, uh, you know, livestock, uh, cows, horses, things like that that you need to be aware of. And they might be half a mile off in the distance, but you certainly don't want any ricochets. Yeah, one of our basic rules of uh, be sure of your backstop and what's behind it. So, uh, or what's be sure of your target and the backstop behind it. Basically, you don't want a bullet going over the hill and doing something that you don't know what it's supposed to be doing. So, if you get a bullet that goes to pieces, you get two things. One, you get you know great expansion. I mean, let talk to me about coyotes because, uh, boy, I just saw the biggest coyote out in Idaho, not Idaho, uh, Oregon last week out by the airport. Big, bushy thing. I was thinking, hmm, coyotes. How does this bullet work on coyotes? 
I've only had the opportunity to, to shoot one coyote with it so far, and uh, it wasn't a really good test. I hit the coyote high up in the back in the spine and, you know, killed it almost instantly. But it wasn't a good test. But, yeah, almost anything would have if you hit it in the spine uh, like that. Exactly, exactly. So that's something where uh, we're still trying to get more uh, more data in from uh, guys that are out there using it just to see how it works. But what what calibers are these available in? Uh, we have them in uh, 22 cal, a 22 cal 36 grain bullet, and uh, the one that I've been shooting lately is the new six millimeter uh, 62 grain bullet. Ooh, okay. Uh, velocities, because I know one of the issues with lightweight 22 bullets like that. You can push them really fast out of some of these cartridges. And as you and I both know, there have been some bullets in the past that simply don't get to the target. They go to pieces before they get there. You're absolutely right. And it's normally not the forward velocity that's the issue, but the rotational velocity. They spin them to pieces, don't they? That's right. So the the twist rate of the rifling in the barrel is actually more critical than the forward velocity. Hmm. For example... um, our 22 cal 36 grain bullet, we can shoot it out of a 22 250, 220 swift at you know 43, 4500 feet per second, and it, it hangs together very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, our our high end, our harsh test for that bullet is actually to shoot it out of a one and seven twist 223. Oh, like an AR. And, and we do see that out of the one and seven twist barrels, it will occasionally come apart, but. You know, most of the ARs that are out there are actually the one in nine twist, so it is just fine. In and something like a uh, twenty-two two fifty, where you may have a one in ten or even a one in twelve, uh, you know, shouldn't be a problem at all. Correct, and we, we've shot them out of the two twenty-three WSSM, and that's a one in ten twist, and it's working well out of there. Let me ask you. Um, now this is goofy, and it's not what you intended the bullet for. Um, how would it work? as a self-defense load? Uh, That's an interesting question. Like, we originally developed this technology for the military for training on shooting steel targets, and this Uh is an offshoot of that. Um, With the the actual varmint grenade bullet, the way the the powdered metal is packed in there, I believe it comes apart too quickly. You wouldn't get the penetration for self-defense. What what I'm thinking, of course, is over-penetration, or people talk about over-penetration in houses and that thing. So a lot of people are using ARs and kind highly, not frangible, as you and I know frangible, but bullets that go to pieces so they don't go through walls, et cetera, that kind of thing. I was just wondering about if this technology would lend itself to that. Yeah, I, I think we could certainly uh, modify what we have right now, perhaps make it a little bit heavier bullet and design it more for the AR-15 type guns, and uh, I think it would do well. But the 36-grain bullet in its present form, I don't think that's a suitable choice. Yeah, pretty light. Yeah, it's designed for farming and works extremely well for that. The uh, It has always seemed to me that a, a bullet designer's job is very much underappreciated specifically when it comes to uh, big-game bullets. The idea that you've got to make, a, for instance, a thirty caliber bullet that will work out of a uh, three hundred Savage at 300 yards where you have not a lot of velocity left and yet shoot it out of a three hundred Magnum and shoot something at 25 yards and it's just screaming and you still got to make it hold together and not go to pieces. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, thirty caliber is the best example of that. 
you know, you do have the, the older, slower cartridges and then the, some of the newer, just extreme velocity. When we're working with some of the, the ammunition companies and we design a bullet that's specific for that cartridge, it makes our job a lot easier. But for the hand-loading market, right. there are some compromises that we need to make there. How do you get to be a bullet designer? Well, I was kind of fortunate in that regard. I mean, my background is in the firearms industry. I was a gunsmith for quite a few years and then went back to school for my engineering degree and uh, was fortunate to find a job here at Barnes. You bet. I mean, you know, you're coming out of high school, you put on your thing, uh, what I want to go do is design bullets. And you go, huh? You know, if you're a tinkerer like, you know, a lot of us are, it makes sense. But, you know, just kind of wondering what the pathway is to that. Were you? I guess you must have been an avid reloader and, and shooter. Right. I my, my dad taught me how to how to reload when I was fairly young there, and uh, you know when when I was growing up, I didn't. That wasn't my career aspiration was to be a bullet engineer, a bullet designer. I was mm-hmm. more interested in the gunsmithing, and I did that for quite a few years. And yeah, it was kind of interesting how it works out. Let me ask you the. Uh, price of ammunition has gone up several times in the last 12, 18 months, and I'm hearing that we're going to get another 7% bump in about uh, two weeks. So anybody who needs to buy ammo better buy it. Are you seeing, as a result of that, renewed interest in reloading? Yes, absolutely. Um, like you say, uh, the ammunition prices are going up, all the raw materials are going up, and uh, the brass, the brass case, that's one of the most expensive components. You can reuse that. You can save money. Yeah, I mean, you don't don't leave your brass lying around and you know take it back and load it. You that's basically about half the cost of a cartridge, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, how is business these days for Barnes Bullets? We've been doing very well. I mean, we're not a we're not a boom and bust industry. You know, we've experienced very steady growth over the years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're continuing to experience that. Yeah. Well, of course, you have the uh, the hunting line and. Uh, really, the triple shock, the X bullet—you got an awful lot of bullets that are considered among, if not the very best available. And you don't market just reloaders. I mean, Barnes bullets are available from, I guess, most of the manufacturers, most of the ammo companies now. Yeah, we've got uh, you know Federal Cartridge, Black Hills, Corbon, uh, Weatherby has our bullets in their line, Norma. Mm-hmm. S&B over in Europe. So, uh, yeah, we do have a pretty good presence in loaded ammunition as well. Sounds good. Okay, so the Varmint Grenade, so people want to uh, see that those pictures that I think are expanding, it's the uh, Barnes website, right? Right. Barn- www.barnesbullets.com, and there's a technical section on there. They can click on that and see those high-speed videos. Okay, cool. High-speed videos, a bullet expanding when hitting a grape, Barnes Bullets. Dot com. Tim Jansen, thank you so much. I'm glad you were able to get in here. I appreciate you spending some time with us today, man. You're welcome, Tom. Thanks for having me. All right. You take care. All right. We're talk- just wrapped up with uh, Tim. Pretty cool. William Bullet Designer. That'd be kind of fun. Challenging, but fun. Uh, go, Yeah, go to their website, barnesbullets.com. Take a look at that video. I think you're going to like it. Let's kick the doors open. We are open lines. Lots of things to talk about. A lot of things going on on the political side as well. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. You could be the first in. Be right back. Eight. 
866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS is the magic number here. Tom Gresham, we are open line, so if there's something on your mind, a gun you're thinking about buying, or maybe a gun you're thinking about getting rid of, give me a call. If you uh, are just kind of starting the process of thinking, maybe I need a gun for self-defense, personal protection, I can help you through the maze because it's kind of a jungle, the whole decision process of of how you get there and what you do and what kind of gun and and where do you get the training and how do you keep the gun and if you're going to get a carry permit, you know, how do you carry a gun, that type of thing. We can certainly work our way through that. Just call me 866-TALK-GUNS. I spent several days out at Thunder Ranch last week. Uh, you can check out the website. It's Thunder Ranch Inc., like I-N-C, Incorporated. ThunderRanchInc.com with Clint Smith. We were shooting video for the personal defense television show that I host. And we did some interesting things. One of them was we, we actually finished more quickly than I thought we would, that we had planned for. And so we're sitting there saying, well, let's do another show. Let's shoot something else. And Clint said, well, I've got this new barricade I put together, and it's for teaching awkward shooting positions. So, oh, cool, let's go do that. And it's this, basically it's a piece of wood, uh, if you would. Think of a big sheet of plywood standing up on end, and you're behind it. But there are holes cut into it, square holes, rectangular holes, cross-shaped holes, that type of deal. And they're anywhere from where you would shoot from a kneeling position to shooting almost laying down or actually literally laying down, laying on your side, shooting through these holes. And he's got uh, six steel plates out there. And the idea here is to get you to think in terms of using cover. Uh, Think that standing up is only one way of shooting and generally maybe not a particularly good way if you have an option of getting down behind something. For instance, what would you be getting behind? Well, situation you're on the street you could get behind a mailbox you could get behind a car a car tire car doors are not very good those are uh concealment there's a difference between concealment and cover concealment hides you from view cover should stop or slow down or deflect bullets a car door doesn't do that very well you know but it does hide you a, an engine block is good cover, and actually, interestingly enough, a steel-belted radial tire is not bad if you can hunker down behind that. But the deal is, okay, you're down there, and if you you know needed to, need to protect yourself or your family, how are you going to shoot? Well, this is not a good time to start inventing techniques. This is not a good time to start discovering techniques that you need but have never explored. Perhaps... This would be a good time in the middle of an altercation like this to go to a technique that you had tried before and know that it works. You go, yeah, okay, I'm there. I've done that, which means flop over on your side. Well, I tell you what, the North Hollywood shootings. Remember the uh, the dramatic video of those two guys all dolled up in uh, body armor and the cops are trying to shoot them, the North Hollywood shootings? And I think one, maybe both of them eventually, got shot, I think one of them got shot in the ankles and the feet because a police officer laid on his side and shot him underneath a car, from one side of the car to the other. Well, you know what? You shoot him in the ankles, they're going to probably stop stop shooting at you. If you've never been there before, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to do that. 
So we were working on that. And one of the things that I discovered, I was shooting, what was I shooting? Uh, I was shooting the uh, Springfield XD. Very nice pistol. This one happened to be a 9mm. And I had a couple of failures in it. And it wasn't the gun's fault. It was a real good example of why you train. What I was doing is I was getting all the shots on target. I did real well doing that. But in these awkward positions, I wasn't extending my arms out fully. And so I wasn't providing enough resistance to the gun. So when I pulled the trigger and the slide would come back, you need to be holding that frame solid so the slide can slam all the way back, knock out the shell, and then uh, rack the, the next cartridge and slide it into the chamber. Well, if you don't give it much resistance and the pistol slides back with recoil too, then the slide doesn't have anything to work against. It's called limp wristing sometimes. Well, in this case, I had both hands on there, but I had my arms uh, folded or, or the elbows bent, if you will, and I got a couple of failures to feed. Now, interestingly, Clint says, just tap the magazine in and just smack the magazine one time and just that one action, it made that slide uh, go forward and I was back in action. But that's the kind of thing, you know, you don't want to be discovering that when you're in a real fight. You want to discover that situation and the need for extending your arms and locking your arms and giving some resistance in training where you have an instructor or you can decipher it yourself, you can work it out. That worked really well. That was a, that was a fun exercise. You're, you're on your knees. And the thing that Clint kept saying is, don't go fast. He said, fast is a four-letter word. We don't use that around here, which is interesting. A lot of people think in terms of uh, self-defense shooting and training at these kind of places is, you know, you're going to go fast. You're going to fast draw. You're going to fast this. And, you know, And they've seen all of the competition shooting, the IDPA and the IPSC, you know, action pistol shooters. And, and they'll, they move like lightning. They're fast. But that's not what this is about. He says, don't go fast. Fast is where you get into trouble. Fast is, is where you can get hurt. Take it nice and slow, nice and smooth. The smooth is fast. Fast really isn't fast. But if you're smooth, it's all going to work. And besides, you're working on things. You're, you're, okay, I'm on my knees, I'm shooting, and I'm over on my side, and I shoot. And he says, now, when you get up from the ground, fingers straight, put your other hand down, do not point that gun at your hand, you know, and all these types of things. This is the kind of training you get. In a place like Gunsight or Thunder Ranch or I uh, recently went to the Firearms Academy of Seattle up in the uh, Washington State area. It's about, almost about halfway between Portland and Seattle, actually in Centralia, Washington. Uh, Marty and Gila Hayes run that operation. Wonderful place. Wonderful place. Uh, that's the kind of thing we're going to be doing or are doing and you will be seeing on personal defense TV as we go along here. It, it's... Uh, Really a fun show, tell you what. Let's do this. A couple of, uh, real quick break, and then we're going to come back. Hey, Jack, Martin, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with you. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. This portion of Gun Talk is brought to you by Marlin. Built in America by American craftsmen since 1870. For generations, American sportsmen have made Marlin rifles their first choice for putting meat on the table. Strong, accurate, and solidly dependable. Marlin rifles set today's standard for quality and reliability. See your Marlin dealer and choose the rifle that's made right for you. Marlin, when you've hunted long enough for the best. You know, a friend of mine once told me he thought target shooting sounded kind of boring. 
Try knocking down targets and reloading when you're flying full tilt through a field course. Now that's a total rush. Not what you expected? Then give shooting a try. Find out how, where to get started, and much more at huntandshoot.org. Your heart is racing. Your trophy of a lifetime is within range. You only have a few seconds. Are you ready? You missed. Didn't you check your scope alignment after the long trip here? Or did you even check it after last year's hunt? Make sure your rifle is dead on before you go on any hunt with a Sightlight Mag Laser Bore Sighter. The Sightlight Bore Sighter will not only save you time and ammo, it will verify your sights in the field. Sightlight Mag Laser Bore Sighters are guaranteed more accurate than any other. Check them out at SightlightLasers.com. That's S-I-T-E-L-I-T-E-Lasers.com. Or call us at 800-472-4405. Sightlight Bore Sighters are available at Cabela's, Bass Pro, Brownells, Midway, the Sportsman's Warehouse, and other sporting good outlets. And next time, you won't miss. Ruger single-action revolvers have been around for decades, and they are world-famous for their strength and reliability. But like any firearm, they can be dangerous if handled carelessly or improperly. For more than 100 years, it's been a well-known safety practice to keep an empty chamber under the hammer of any single-action revolver to prevent accidents caused by a drop or blow. In 1973, Ruger patented the transfer bar safety for its new model single actions, which also prevents these accidents. And now you can get a similar safety mechanism factory installed free into your old model pre-1973 revolver, whether single six, Blackhawk, Super Blackhawk, or Bearcat. To take advantage of this offer, just write Ruger, and they'll send you the details and a shipping box. The new safety mechanism won't change the gun's appearance, and you collectors, you can get your original parts back. You won't find a better deal than that. Write to Sturm, Ruger, and Company, 1 Lacey Place, Southport, Connecticut, 06490. Hi, you're listening to Gun Talk. Tom Gresham is here. That's me. I'm your host. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. And we're kind of open line, so we'll boop, wander around. We'll talk about things. I guess if you're new, let me explain. We do require a level of civility here. You may not experience on a lot of talk shows, okay? I have on occasion gone on a rant. I try not to do that too much, but sometimes it's called for. But other than that, we'll keep it civil. That does not, however, mean you have to agree with me. And in fact, it's sometimes more interesting if you don't. Uh, Maybe I'll learn something from a different uh, perspective, different point of view. So if you disagree with me, by all means, call me, 866-TALK-GUNS. Line three, let's go talk with Jack out of North Bend, Oregon. Hey, Jack. Well, hi. How are you doing, Tom? I I'm good. I've never talked to you before. But anyway, uh, I have, uh, I've had them for quite a while now. They're uh, Rossi uh, 38s. I guess they, they'll, you can run 38 or, or a 357 in there. Uh-huh. Anyway, I was doing some target shooting one day, and uh, it holds uh, 10 shots in the magazine. So I was down to the 10th shot, and the baby jammed. They were, they were, hol- they were hollow points. And I thought, oh, boy. How do mm-hmm. I how do I do this? The thing okay. is very precision, very closely tolerant. It's, and it took me it took me a week 
to very carefully take all the springs I needed apart and get that darn bullet out. My this, life this is a, was, was going to explode on me. Let me it, ask you, this is a Rossi uh, carbine rifle? Yeah, carbine rifle. The fact that it used to be, uh, used to be Remington sold mm-hmm. the patent to, uh, to Rossi, which I think is down, I think it's Argentine. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, it, 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 they did it a long time ago. But anyway, I, it's a beautiful rifle. Except, okay, so you got it all taken apart and got it unloaded, huh? I got I got that bullet out of there yeah. and then put it back together and putting that spring back together. Uh, I'm not a gunsmith, okay? So I had a jury rig myself so to keep get that thing to go in there straight. And I, I had an awful time. What I'm asking you, I guess, mm-hmm. is there some kind of a oil or a grease or something that, that will kind of help you not get jammed? <laughs> Generally, oil or grease does not help with that kind of thing. Uh, it's not. It's been my experience. If you've got a some kind of a jam, or if your bullet or cartridges are getting tipped or going in, particularly if you're using hollow point, usually a change to a different brand of ammunition using a different type of bullet. Uh, that is, the actual projectile itself, the front nose part, will help with the feeding, and a lot of times can eliminate that. Now, if it's the last round that is having trouble feeding. You know, if you duplicate it and it's the last round in the magazine, chances are it's an issue with the magazine and not with the gun. Okay. So there could be something there. If you have a different magazine, try that. Okay, I I do, and uh, I will try that. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much. All right, appreciate the call, Jack. Martin's with us on 4 out of Elkton, Oregon. Hello, Martin. You're on Gun Talk. Yes, sir. Uh, I saw something on uh, C-SPAN on the May 20th. Uh, the Brady campaign was had a presentation, and they wanted to push this scheme called micro-stamping. Mm, yes, yes, I know. Micro-stamping. We're going to put little bitty bitty stamps on every cartridge case we fire. So the, the firearm would have to have some kind of little identifying mechanism on... The firing pin or on the breech face or on the barrel or somewhere so that every time you shoot a cartridge, when it comes out, it basically says this cartridge was fired. The empty case says this cartridge was fired from this particular gun. And they're saying, we need this. In fact, uh, here we go. From the uh, Brady campaign. A month ago, we saw the real reason to take action, referring to the Virginia Tech massacre. There are ways we can reduce gun violence in America. How does picking up a case on the ground reduce gun violence? I, I, you know, Martin, did, when they were talking about this on C-SPAN, did you pick up any, like, rational justification here? Not really, because, um, like, the last incident that occurred in Virginia, the uh, shooter killed himself, so there was no problem identifying the gun. Well, and they, they identified the store where the gun came from. They They were able to go back and do the tracing within just a few hours. Right. Every law enforcement agency from the FBI to the ATF to everybody else says they are currently able to track crime guns. They find a gun. They can go to the manufacturer, find out who it was shipped to, go to that gun store, go from there. You know, if the gun's not stolen, if it's still owned by the person who bought it, then they can track it down. And they do all the time. All law enforcement people say, we don't need this. So it kind of leads you to say, well, what's this all about? Well, it's the Brady Gun Control Group. This is, I mean, if it comes from Brady, it's about gun control. I mean, that's the beginning and the end of the discussion. Now, here's an interesting thing for you. 
you're at the range. You're shooting one of these guns that has this miracle micro-stamping stuff on it. And like a lot of us, you shoot and you leave some brass laying around. Somebody goes and finds that brass, takes it to the scene of a murder. They commit a murder, and they throw a bunch of your brass out there. And the police find that and go, oh, look at that. That's Tom's gun. We just found all the numbers on it. They come to you. How do you prove the negative? How do you prove I wasn't there? It's a bad idea. It's unnecessary. It's a bad idea. It runs up the cost. Uh, Thank you for the call, Mark. Appreciate that. Uh, This is more Brady gun control stuff. When you hear Brady, think gun control. When you hear Brady, think I lose rights. When you hear Brady, think I lose freedom. When you hear Brady, you think political agenda. 866-TALK-GUNS is our number here. 866-TALK-GUNS. Micro-stamping, an idea whose time will never come. We're back with you. Tom Gresham here. Line three, going to talk to another Tom in Republic, Missouri. Hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. How are you today? I'm good. I wanted to share a little good gun news with you. Uh, That Missouri passed their Castle Doctrine law, and uh, so we can all defend ourselves now without the threat of civil suits hanging over us. Basically, this is what what is called a stand your ground where you do not have a duty to retreat. If you are going about your business in a lawful manner and somebody attacks you, you can defend yourself. You don't have to run away. Correct. And it includes vehicles or any dwelling you can expect to be safe in. And I just want to throw in there to uh, everybody support the NRA because they are instrumental in getting these laws through. Good deal. Well, you know, uh, these laws have been passing uh, in a number of states, and it's a good thing. I mean, pe- people should be able to protect themselves wherever they go. I'm going to return to that subject. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the call. Uh, I'm going to return to that subject in just a little bit because there, we, are, we are creating an entire generation of people who are told you must submit to violent attacks and you must not Resist, And I'll talk about that in a second. But first, let's talk with Dale on four out of New Freedom, Pennsylvania. Hello, Dale. Hey, Tom. How are you doing today? Good, good. Hey, I'd like to make a suggestion uh, for your efforts to get rid of the gun-free killing zones, uh, mm-hmm. like Virginia Tech and other schools and whatnot. Okay. Uh, something that we can do right now is to write your uh, congressmen and senators and things to support the National Right to Carry Reciprocity Act of 2007. Now, this has been introduced every year since 1995 by uh, Representative Stearns, but I think now we have the momentum uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, The political climate, Virginia Tech, all these different things. Now, it does not take and establish a federal licensing system. What it does, it would require the states to recognize each other states carry permits. It would treat them like driver's licenses. Exactly. Okay. And uh, uh, if anybody's interested, uh, you want the numbers on those? Uh, the uh, numbers the, of the bills? The bill numbers. Yes, please. Uh, the Senate bill is 388, and the House bill number is HR 861. And the name again is National Right to Carry Reciprocity Act of 2007. Perfect, Dale. I re- really appreciate that. Uh, that's something we're going to be talking about as we go along is this this idea of we have to get rid of gun-free killing zones. You know, I went on a rant about that about a month ago, and some people said, Tom, you really went over the top. You lost your mind. You were rude to people, et cetera, et cetera. Well, perhaps. But at the same time, it's time. It's time for us to say 
This does not work. And not only does the gun-free zones not work, it makes people unsafe. It, it results in the deaths of people. It results in people dying. Good, innocent people die because of these so-called gun-free zones. They're, they're killing zones is all they are. They're places where a murderer can go in and shoot people and kill people, and nobody can do anything about it. It's, it's a government-mandated safe-working zone for murderers is what it is. Fascinating what has gone on. Uh, the uh, you know Everywhere I go, I am seeing articles about this now, and people are saying it's time to get rid of these. We ought to reexamine this. We ought to take a look at this. Um, basically, the mood has changed. You know, right after Virginia Tech, a couple of days after, I wrote a piece, and I said the political climate has changed. The landscape is different now. I was right, but I didn't know how much it had changed. It has changed a lot. People are saying, you know, these silly gun-free zones don't work. All they do is they make us unsafe. And if one of those students had had a gun, perhaps we could have stopped that number somewhere short of 32 in Virginia Tech. If, if somebody has a gun in a mall and somebody's shooting up the place, maybe it takes five minutes for the cops to get there. I don't want to let somebody shoot people. For five minutes. Maybe we can do something about it. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. I'd love to know what you're hearing. When you talk to people, what are they saying about gun-free zones? Our number, 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. You're listening to Gun Talk. Gun Talk. 